0: So I'm going to remind you, and I also want to remind myself of, of this truth, that this is not my home. Like It's important you get that. Because so often we get focused on the things in front of us and the things around us that sometimes we forget what our real home is. And you may not know this, and depending on your walk with God or your not walk with God or whatever, wherever you show up on the spectrum of having a relationship with God, you may not know this, but the Bible teaches us that this is not our home, that we actually have an eternal home and that God wants us to get there. Matter of fact, that's what Jesus was all about. He's all about getting as many kids home as he possibly can. And so I don't know if you're here today and you don't know that, you don't have that relationship. God loves you so much that he wants you to come home. He wants you to be in the family. But it's important that we understand that the home that we have is not here on this earth. It's not something that we always physically see, that there's more to life. And the thing that I've figured out as I travel through life, and you've probably figured this out as well, is that we collect all kinds of wrong stuff as we walk through life. You know, we just collect a bunch of stuff And the thing is, it's not even stuff that we want. You know what I mean? It's like baggage and stuff that comes with us. And sometimes it's the things like, you know, hurts, right? Sometimes it's just junk. Sometimes it's it's a series uh, or a sense of discontentment. It's just something that just kind of constantly is with us. And And the thing that I've figured out is that these things weigh us down. These things hold us back. These things keep us from what God's ultimate plan is for our life, and that is honoring him most of all. And so we let these distractions, we let these things like bitterness, we let these things like control, come on. Because I know some of you, you were control freaks. Just admit it. And we let this kind of stuff grab hold of us and take us away from God's best. And so today I want to spend a little time talking about how stuff can weigh us down. Now, like I said, I'm going to talk about some other things over the next few weeks. Like I said, uh, distractions, bitterness, and control. But today I want to talk about just the stuff, the general stuff, the stuff that sometimes keeps us from God's best. And I'm going to have to lubricate my voice multiple times today because of where I'm at, okay? Is that okay? Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your mercy. But here's the key point I want to give you. It's better to have less of what doesn't matter and more of what does. Let me say that again. It's better to have less of what doesn't matter and more of what does. I think that's a principle that the Bible would teach us. And the thing that I've found is that everything around us, everything in the culture, everything around us is screaming the opposite of that. It's just screaming the opposite of what God's plan is for us. If you think about it, this has been going on a long time. It's not something that just showed up. If you go all the way back to the beginning, all the way back to the story of Adam and Eve, there's this part where where God created this perfect place And the enemy shows up. They call him the serpent. And he shows up and he hithith. Because that's what serpents do. And he hithith. And he says, Did God really say? (laughs) In other words, he's trying to create this doubt. He's trying to create this doubt in our lives that, 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 that what God said would be true and perfect and real. He's trying to get us to believe that it's really not. And so in other words, what, what's really being peddled is what you don't have is what you need to be happy, fulfilled, and complete. I mean, do you get it? In other words, the things you don't have are the things that you really need. And so it creates this longing this desire in us for more and 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 and, and we just kind of get to this place that more is always better that if you just had more everything was going to be okay you know if you had 1 dollar well 2 dollars would be better i mean that doesn't that make sense i mean if you had one pair of shoes two pairs of shoes would be even better if you could go on a vacation one vacation wouldn't two vacations be better I mean, see? I mean, you get it. You understand how this works. It's kind of like this. I want to show you something. It's kind of like these M&M's. Now, I really like peanut M&M's. Does anybody else like peanut M&M's? Now, I know some of you are allergic to peanuts, so don't even get close to the stage, all right? I'm sorry. I really do. I didn't even think about that this morning. I apologize. Just here. You need this. Put it on your mouth. I'll give it to you. But, But I'm really not trying to be rude. I just... I totally forgot about peanut allergies. But anyway, back to my story. So peanut M&Ms, I love peanut M&Ms. I I really enjoy them. And and what I've found about peanut M&Ms is like they have the family pack of peanut M&Ms. And I really also like milk. I like whole milk. Like I pound some whole milk. It's unbelievable. And I put ice in my milk and I don't even care. I don't even care. I don't care whether you like it or not. And so I literally can sit down with a family pack of M&Ms and a glass of whole milk and just eat those things. And I'll look down and like the bag is almost gone. Okay, like, have you ever had that experience with a bag of candy? And I, I, for me, it's the M&Ms and I'll just sit there and I'll eat them. And, and I want to illustrate something to you because the Bible talks about this. It's really good. In, in, in Ecclesiastes 4, 6, listen to this. Solomon is writing this wise, wise statement. He says, better is one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. Let me, let me explain what that means. He's saying that one handful is better because it leads to tranquility. But two handfuls, I don't have two hands, so I'll do this. (laughs) Two handfuls leads to turmoil, right? Toil, chasing after the wind. And so the point that he's trying to make is that, that sometimes our desire for more just simply creates more problems. It creates more turmoil in our life. It doesn't lead to the peace that we want. And if you're like me, you'd want to eat more. You want more. You want more. And and some of us are, have more addictive personalities than others. And so we'll go for bigger and better all the time. And it's just true. And this is the kind of stuff that the enemy is peddling on us, that the world is peddling on us. And yet God says the opposite. God says that it's absolutely not true and that, that it's better to have less of what doesn't matter Then more of what does it's so important we understand this because see your life calling your purpose on this earth is so important god has a plan for your life and when that plan gets hijacked by the things of this world you stop being effective for the very purpose that you were created Listen to the way Jesus put it. Jesus said it this way in Luke twelve fifteen. Jesus is speaking, and he says it this way. This is what's really strange. He says, "Watch out!" Now say, "Watch out!" Right? I mean, you see, say it with me, like you're scared, like, "Watch out!" Watch out. Right? I mean, and then how about this? One? Be, on guard. Be on guard. You guys are really bad timing. <laughs> Be on guard. Be on guard. Right. So there's this sense of like, I mean, that's what he's trying to get you to see. Watch out. Be on guard. And you're thinking, OK, what's coming next? But there's a robber coming or there's there's a murderer outside your door. But see, that's what's weird about what he says next. Look what he says next. He says, be on guard against all kinds of greed. Hmm. Life does not consist in the abundance Of possessions isn't that interesting and I'm telling you I've said this before I have never met anybody Christian non-christian probably that would ever say that they were greedy like no one ever has a problem with greed for some reason which I think is really interesting if you look at our world no one seems to have that problem and yet Jesus says beware be on guard be alert and the thing he tells us to be aware and be alert about is the fact that these possessions can grab hold of us. Our desire for more abundance and all of this. And again, I'm not saying that having things is bad at all. I'm just saying that God wants us to know that those things should never have us. They should never possess our hearts at a deep level, That that's the thing that we're pursuing. God wants to bless you. God wants you to be blessed. But he wants to make sure that whatever you're blessed with doesn't become your God. Doesn't become the thing that you're seeking where you just have to get your hands in the bowl for more. Because see, the Bible says that one hand leads to tranquility, but two hands can lead to this turmoil and this chasing after the wind. Now, this is a timely message, isn't it? As we come into Christmas... Because I've found that sometimes we lose our mind at Christmas. We buy things. We go after things. We, we want so much to have this and that because we've give, been given all of the examples of all the things that you don't have, right? Remember the snake? We want all of these things and, and we go after them and I need this and don't you need it? You just need it. You know, it's not even a want, it's a need. You've got to have that camisole. I don't even know what a camisole is. I mean, you've got to have that next new thing. You've got to have those new iPads or iPods or, you know, whatever. All of it, get them. You want to make sure that you measure up. You want to make sure that your house looks like Joanna Gaines' house. You have to have it. And so we get into this place where we move towards all of this stuff. But here's the thing. What if the stuff you have is robbing you of the life you want? What if the stuff you have is actually robbing you of the life you want? And see, this is why I'm going to help you. I'm going to help some of your parents today because you're thinking about all the toys you're going to buy your kids and then they're going to open and then they're going to play with the box. (laughs) And you're going to be disappointed because you had these expectations that they were going to love the thing that you loved. And they were going to be like, oh, Father, thank you for spending $150 on this new Barbie for me. I appreciate that. I understand the hard work that went into it. They don't care. They really don't. And so often we, I think sometimes we buy gifts for people. It's like, it's like we want them to like it. Of course, we're being generous. But sometimes I wonder if it's about us too. Sometimes I wonder if like, we're just waiting for their reaction. And what's really bad is when they don't react correctly, how as adults we get mean. We're like, well, I can't believe they didn't enjoy my gift. Well, I didn't realize it was about you. You, you see what I'm saying? Is that okay? Are we okay, guys? Is it, I, think it's, I think it's important that we understand these things. But I tell you this, if we're ever going to live a life where our, I would just call it the one handful kind of life. Okay, oh, geez. <laughs> the one handful kind of life, you know? If we're ever going to live that one handful kind of life, I think there are three things that we need to sort out. Okay, three things. They're very simple. The first is is that we have to throw out stuff. Like, you're like, really? Like, not just get rid of it? or No, like, literally, some of you need to throw some stuff out. Like, you have collected so much stuff in your life guys we have storage units with stuff in it some of us have multiple storage units with we have an entire reality show craze based on people's storage units getting auctioned off my point is is that we have so much stuff and sometimes we just got to throw some stuff out We've got to get rid of some stuff, not just declutter. We've got to de-own some stuff. We've got to begin to release some stuff. Because see, what happens is, is if we don't, we surround ourselves with all this stuff and it actually starts to some way, in like a weird kind of way, become something that protects us, becomes like our source, becomes the thing that insulates us from the world around us. And that is not what God's plan is for you. You should never have your faith in stuff. You should never have your faith in the the stuff you've accumulated. You should have your faith in a God who is more than able to do everything he said that he would do, which is be your source and be your protector. These are the things we have to understand. And as humans, we collect all of these shiny trinkets thinking that somehow they're going to make us happy and they're going to protect us and that nothing bad is ever going to happen to us. That's just not the truth. I remember when Jesus was talking to the rich young ruler. And he was talking to the rich young ruler about all the things and all his riches. And I remember he said, he said, hey, you leave all that stuff and come follow me. And the rich young ruler said, no, I'm not, I can't do it. Sell all your stuff. Give it to the poor. And you know what he says? Look at this in Matthew 19, He says, when the young man heard this, he went away sad Because he had great wealth. Now, is God against wealth? No, absolutely not. If you have the ability to earn lots of money, then earn lots of money. But make sure that you are the most generous person on earth. That is what God calls you to do. That is what God wants you to do. And see, and the only remedy for great wealth to keep you from becoming greedy and possessed by your possessions is that you become generous. Generous. That is it. If you do not become generous, you will become a miser. You will become someone that holds on to it and collects it and builds bigger barns. And at the end of the day, at as you get to the end of your life, all you'll have is a bunch of stuff that can't go in the box with you. Can't. And you know it. And we all know it. Is, all right, you guys okay? Okay, all right. And so... So it's important that we understand that we've got to get rid of some stuff and we've got to stop distracting ourselves with all of this stuff. But but one of the things I've discovered is why we can't get rid of it is sometimes uh, our fear and sometimes our sentiment. Come on. Our fear and sometimes our sentiment. So we have knickknacks and we have dishes and some of you even have VHS tapes. (laughs) You have them at your house. And there's this part he's like, oh, I'm gonna use them. No, you're not. And if you do, it's just awesome. <laughs> like if you're still watching movies on VHS, man, mad props to you. <laughs> I love that. But. It, But you see my point, we collect and we just gather and and, I mean, some of us are just still holding on and we do that with clothes, don't we? We hold on to things hoping it's going to come back. You know, I might need them. Those MC Hammer pants, you know, they're, they're on their way, I promise. Every fashion thing we have is, you know, and we hold on to them. And sometimes it's because I wore it on this date or sometimes this person, uh, you know, like we create, it's like, it just, we just associate things with them and they become sentimental to us. And sometimes it really is though, there's fear that we have, this fear that we won't have it when we need it. And I know that this stuff is subtle, but I think we have to really examine the fact but some of this stuff really gets at the heart of our faith. Because if God is the source, if he's the source of everything, then why in the world am I worried about what's in my closet? Why, why do I care? I mean, why am I interested? The only thing I should be interested in is doing what God's called me to do. Recognizing that he's going to do everything he said he's going to do and provide for me. And I actually think the reason we get in trouble is we have a poverty mentality. We think about things at a poverty state. We don't believe in a God of abundance, even though he says he is. And I think it's so critical we see this as we think about Christmas. So we got to throw some stuff out. The other thing is we got to buy less. We've just got to buy less. And some of you are like, too late, Pastor. Black (laughs) Black Friday, Cyber Monday already happened. I get it. It's like, ah, too late. Well done. But you know that 62% of people admit shopping to cheer themselves up? That's weird. Like we just, we're cheering ourselves up with that. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with enjoying stuff like that. I'm just saying if I rise and fall emotionally based on some of this stuff, I've got to look at it. I've got to at least be curious about it. I've got to begin to examine it a little bit because if I'm escaping, if I'm just entertaining myself, if if if, if I just uh, maybe it makes me feel significant or powerful or you know I, oh I got a good deal you know I remember I had this girl she wasn't my girlfriend she was a friend that was a girl but she, she would she would convince me of this most ridiculous financial scheme she had come up with that if she would go to the mall and find something on a deal right it was like 50 percent off or something. She She would tell me that she actually made money. And I'd say, there is no way you made money. She's like, I totally did. I saved 50%. So I made money. (laughs) But I think that's how we are sometimes. We're so irrational sometimes. We convince ourselves that it's real, but it's really not. And then at the end of the month, we wonder why our books don't line up. (laughs) Listen to this in Psalm 119. I love this. This is out of the message or the Passion Translation. Message 119, 36 through 37. Cause my heart to bow before your words of wisdom and not to the wealth of this world. Listen to this. Help me to turn my eyes away from illusions so that I pursue only that which is true. Isn't that good? I don't think I'm there in my life yet. But I tell you, the pursuit for me is getting to a place where I am full of God. Like where there's nothing else that's competing for my attention. Nothing else in this world that's competing for my attention. That I would literally be a person full of God that there are no voids in me. There are no things, no gaps that I'm trying to fill with this world or the things of this world or even with people, but that I am full in God. I don't know, that sounds good to me. Doesn't that sound really free to live that way? Here's a tip for you at the Christmas season. Spend more time making experiences instead of buying things. Because guess what? When you ask your kids one day what are the things they remember, they're not going to remember that Barbie toy. That's not what they're going to remember. Like I asked my kids just on the way here this morning, I asked my daughter, I said, sweetie, tell me, tell me about your life. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> Father. <laughs> Father. But, but, you know, like, I just, tell me some of your favorite memories. She's almost 16. Tell me some of your favorite memories. And Automatically, she goes to talking about times we've spent at the cabin together. Our family has a cabin. Her parents had this for years. We'll just go we'll hang out in nature and fish. And, you know, but those are the things she remembers. And, 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 it's, and even at Christmas, she says Christmas is one of her favorite times. But it's not about the toys. It's about the traditions we've created. It's about the things that we've done, the memories we've created. And see, those are the things that matter invest in something invest in the experiences put your time and energy in that you don't need money to do that you can do all kinds of creative things and so begin to invest there because once again betters one hand right that's where tranquility is two hands leads to turmoil right toil chasing after the wind and that's what we have to see that the Bible's trying to teach us. Okay, last thing and I'll be done. And that is we have to give more. We have to give more. We've got to throw some stuff out. We've got to buy less, but we've also got to give some more. Listen to this in 1 Timothy 6, 17 through 19. And this one's going to be the hardest, all right? So you all right? This one's going to be the hardest. Command those who are rich. You know, when I say that, everybody probably in the room goes like this. Well, I'm out. That's usually what happens because no one ever thinks they're rich, right? You're like, every time you hear about the one percenters, you're like, yeah, I don't know if that's great for them. But here's the thing. If you put this on a global perspective, whether you know it or not, you are rich. Like you are, if you drove here today in a car, like literally, if you drove here today or drove anywhere in a car, you're in like the top five to 7% of the richest people in the world. Did you know that? You don't even think about it. Like if you today have the choice of having three meals a day, you're in the top 40% of the world's population. So, so when you think about it, if you were able to order a pizza from your phone, <laughs> the Bible says, command those who are rich. And we have to understand that, that we fall into that he says, in, in this present world, not to be arrogant, nor put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides for us everything for our enjoyment. I love that. Don't put your hope in the wealth, put your hope in God. And then he goes on and he commands them again. He says, command them to buy more stuff. Nope. Command them to click more on the one click Feature on Amazon. <laughs> no, nope. command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. Isn't that beautiful? In verse nineteen, he says, and, and this way, they are laying up treasures. Remember, because we're not for this world, we're laying up treasures." For themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. That we wouldn't be distracted by more, but we would see that there's a plan and a purpose that God has for us. You know what we should get emotional about? We should get emotional about giving. We shouldn't get emotional about getting. We shouldn't get emotional about keeping. You know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about? Like, you know, the Lexus commercial, the little bow on it every year at Christmas. The woman comes out and she gets her Lexus for Christmas. And she's <laughs> uh, Jesus, oh, thank you. Look, I get it, you're excited. But if you're not getting doubly excited to give, then there's something wrong. Because if all we're focused on is getting, all we're focused on is keeping, mine, 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 more insulation, then I think we're missing it. I love to give to God. I love to write that tithe check. I do. I love to give God first because he tells me to as I'm honoring him. I love the time. My wife and I, I think, at least twice in our life, I believe we've given cars away. Why? Why? Because we want to. We like to be generous. We like to help people. I hope you do as well. You should get excited and happy and, and joy from being generous. That's what God wants for you. And you know, as we come to the Christmas season, as we come to Christmas Eve, guys, there is a great opportunity for us to do that with this medical clinic in El Salvador. We're gonna build this clinic and thousands of people are gonna be saved. Thousands of families are going to receive medical care and hope that is tangible. Guys, that should get us excited. That should make us happy. Forget all this stuff. May we invest in the things that matter. And may you pray earnestly about what God would have you do with that clinic. Because I believe God has a plan with it. There are going to be people's eternities changed forever because of it. And so let's just stop accumulating stuff on earth that we can't keep. And let's start storing up treasures in heaven that we know we absolutely cannot lose. I don't always be there. And that's what God says. And so as we begin this season, we're called to travel light, to shed off all the things that are Grabbing hold of us, the stuff that so easily entangles us with this simple idea of just one hand, one hand full. And how that leads to tranquility. You know, the other thing that one hand can do is it frees up my other hand. And if I had a headset on, I'd be able to show you this better. But it frees up my other hand and so what I'm able to do with my other hand is I'm able to help people. I'm, help, I'm helping pull people up. I've still got one hand full, guys. I got all the tranquility. But but I'm helping people. I'm actually able to give some of my MMs to people. Right? I'm able to give stuff. I'm able to put my arm around people and love on them. Say, hey, I know you're having a hard time. I'm here for you. God loves you. I'm also able to raise my hand in worship. And so I still got my one hand and I got tranquility. But I'm still able to praise him. And see, that's God's plan. It's not that I just have both of my dirty, kung fu, grippy hands in that bowl. But that I just have one hand in there. Experiencing the tranquility that comes from God, the peace that comes from God. That's what he wants for you. That's what he wants for each one of us. And I don't know if you have that in your life. I don't know if that's where you are. I don't know if that's where you're experiencing. And I don't want you to leave here thinking, man, I've really messed things up. Because I just want to say to you, welcome to the club. You know? Never let stuff keep you from living the life that you want. Never let stuff keep you from the life that you want. God has a plan and a purpose for you. And so, any of you in here today want to be uh, more generous this Christmas season? Anybody here want to do that? Okay, let me pray for you. God, I thank you right now for each person in this room that wants to be more generous. God, I ask that you would show them ways to do that. Bless them, God, in ways that they can't see. Help them, Lord, to know where to put their energy and their time. God, I believe for an outpouring of your spirit and your presence in their life. We believe in faith, God, that you're going to do it. Thank you, Lord. You know, I also want to talk to a few of you in the room. You may be here and, 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 and you, you hear about peace. And you hear about the possibility of a life full of joy and abundance. And that's not your story. And the thing that you've got to know is the reason that's not your story is that it's not found in the stuff around you. It's not found in the life that you're pursuing. It's found in the person of Jesus. Like the Bible says that Jesus Christ came into this world and at Christmas time it's a great time to remember that he came as a little baby and he grew into a man. He went to a cross. He died a brutal death for you and for me that our sins might be forgiven and that we might find the peace and the joy and the abundance that comes from that relationship. And three days later, he beat death and as a result, created a bridge for you to join God again. So look, with your heads bowed and eyes closed, I just want to ask you this question. Do you know that you know that you know That your relationship with Jesus is secure. That you have it. And that it's feeding your soul. It's making you better. And if you don't, then let's just get it right. And so right now, the Bible says if you'll confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is who he is, says he's done what he says he's done, that he'll come in and he'll save you. And it'll begin to transform you. And so I just want to ask you, if that's not true of you, would you just, would you just slip your hand up real quick? I'm going to pray for you. Go ahead. I'm gonna, go ahead. Just lift it up. No one's looking around. I just want to pray for you. God bless you. God bless you. Okay. Let can put your hands down. If you didn't raise your hand, that's okay. But I still want to pray for you. So if this is something that you want to pray, just pray this in your heart. Everybody, I'm going to pray, and I just ask that you repeat, repeat after me. No one's praying alone, and so if you did raise your hand or want to, just pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I need you. I need a Savior. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for pursuing me. <laughs> Forgive me of my sins. Be Lord of my life. Change me from the inside out. Make me the most generous person. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we celebrate those that were making decisions today? It's so good.